Hello, everybody, and welcome to Writing the Rapids, the show where I, Joe Balecki, talk to writers about writing. Very often, those writers will have been recommended to me by other writers who have previously been on the show. For instance, this month's participant is Never Angeline North, who was recommended to me by Mike Correo. So if you like this episode, go back and listen to that one if you haven't. And if you haven't listened to that one, stick around, because you'll like this one. Before we get into the fun stuff, here's the part where I ask you for money. If you want to get this show early, get some writing, maybe some other fun stuff in the future, you can join my Patreon at patreon.com slash noisemakerjoe. There's a $2 and a $5 level. Sometime in the near future, there might be a $10 level, and that'll be fun. What those levels give you is on the website, patreon.com slash noisemakerjoe. You can also shoot me a shekel or two over at paypal.me slash noisemakerjoe if you don't want to do the recurring deal. Or it's a free show, and you can listen to it for free. Never Angeline North is a book witch living in Olympia, Washington. She wrote the books Sea Witch, Careful Mountain, and Sarah, or The Existence of Fire. You can find her online at undying.club. Now, without further ado, here is my conversation with Never. I think the thing about Sea Witch that was most interesting to me, uh, at first at least, there's it's hard to say that any one thing is the most interesting, but... Uh, but I found it really cozy uh, to like the idea of being inside of another being's body is so cozy to me. It feels so nice. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I agree. (laughs) It's like, it's like, God, I, 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 there's a lot of things like, I'm, I'm hesitant to like reveal like all of the like exact, like, because I, I, I don't want anything in the book to come across as allegory. Like, um, except the parts that are like clearly obviously right. allegory that are like beating you over the head with that allegory. Like there's, because I've got those parts, I'm really hesitant to even give like little backgrounds for like, Oh, I thought of this because of this, because then people are like, Oh, well that's what that means now through the whole book. And they try to like, cause it's not going to work. Like <laughs> if you try to do that. Right. Um, but uh, but when I, I when I was writing Sea Witch, I was um, uh, there was a period, and I had already come up with like the initial concept and stuff. But there was a period where I was um, I um, was living out of my car, and I was uh, doing escorting, um, like I was a prostitute, and um, was living out of my car and writing this book and i was like fucking paranoid as shit about everything like my mental health was like completely fucked up and um i um was dating this girl who also was in like a fucked up situation and and she um i met her girlfriend these are all trans girls by the way everybody's fucking each other um that's her girlfriend her other girlfriend was like um was um like added me on facebook and i said something about like how i was having these like super intense fucking like fucked up panic attacks that were like taking over my life um and it, it always happened like right when the sun went down and um I just posted about that on Facebook and I was like, it's easier when I'm hanging out with somebody. Um, 
is anybody down for like to like just hang out with me and do fucking nothing just like be in the same room um after sundown on some nights and um she posted and she was like hey you should um come over i have the same thing and i like live alone um and so i went over there and i basically moved in Mm -hmm. um and we just we did nothing like she was totally depressed i was totally depressed like it was just like fucking we we i showed up and we watched star trek all day Mm -hmm. and we just watched through star trek and it was like i felt like oh this is this is my sea witch this is like this is my like shelter from the storm and this is like and we ended up getting married um yeah that's my wife and um um this was back in 2016 um but yeah so that was like kind of one of those things I actually like dedicated. Um, I, I don't remember if I dedicated the entire. I think that the entire thing was like like just the the dedication like to all monsters, um, fuck cops. Um, but yeah. the um, the one of the volumes, or maybe it was in the thanks at the end, was like um, to Chaya, which was the name that they were going by at the time. Um, it said like to Chaya, my sea witch. Um, and that was that was definitely like for a little bit as I was writing it, I was like, this person's my sea witch. I found my sea witch. So yeah, that like cozy thing. I know what you're saying. <laughs> Good. Well, I'm, I'm glad, well, I, I'm I, glad kinda I kinda grasped onto grasped something on. there. Mm-hmm. Um, um I've been reading a I've lot reading of a lot. like auto fiction uh stuff mm-hmm. from Back Patio Press uh recently, and so there's this like there's an element to see which that is reminiscent of that but it's also completely different because a lot of the autofiction that i'm reading is like 20 something dudes who just like drink a lot alone in their apartment and this is such a more of like a communal experience as a book like to have all the characters listed at the front with all their pronouns and all these descriptions of them uh i don't know it's kind of like a studio ghibli sort of feel that i get mm-hmm. to it as well um mm-hmm. and I, f- I find that uh, it's an interesting experience to read a very, like, trans sort of experience book uh, that isn't, I don't know, negative or dark. Um, mm, mm-hmm. Because that's sort of like I mean, what... it's pretty dark. Yeah, I mean, there's there's stuff in there that is not happy, but it, I don't know, it just, yeah. it felt more uplifting than not to me at That's least good. compared to what i've been reading or I mean, hell what's come out of inside the castle which i know it wasn't initially yeah. published from inside the castle but like there's an expectation when i grab a book off of that press that like okay we're gonna go somewhere uh and i went somewhere different uh with this book yeah. cool that's that makes me really like glad to hear because i, I think sometimes i i worry that um especially with trans books there's like so much the fear of just being like here's me gonna dump all my trauma on you Mm -hmm. i'm just gonna you're gonna sit there and i'm gonna dump my trauma at you um and i think especially for like as a trans person sometimes that makes me not want to read trans books because it's like cool like all that miserable shit i've been through i'm gonna in my spare time experience vicariously i'm experience it vicariously from somebody else right like i appreciate that you're doing that and i understand the need to do that and like there's a lot of like like i 
I don't want to like invisibilize that, but also, and I don't want it to be totally escapist either, but like, I want to like be able to do something else. Mm -hmm. Like I just want there to be another option for like how to create um, trans stuff. And so, so I, yeah, I'm, I'm really glad that that uh, came across even with all of the like heavy stuff that's in there. I wanted it to be playful. Yeah. And that's like, that's, that's a big thing I think for all of my writing is just like, it's for me, writing is play. And, and this is like, when you're, I, I have one of my books, it's like, come into my sandbox and we will play. And, um, you know, I, I'm, I play hard and I play <laughs> serious, but like, but like it's play. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I got that. Yeah. Uh, that, that comes through, um, in like the scribbles and sigils that are in it as well. Um, it's the whole like marginalized group literature thing is, mm -hmm. is a, is an interesting thing. Tough thing for me to, to think about as a very vanilla dude who <laughs> like, you know, wants to be compassionate and is interested in different experiences. But like, it's kind of the same thing. Um, the native american literature that i've read like mm -hmm. there's not a lot of joy there and like that makes mm -hmm. sense but sure. you know I, I it's hard to know like is this the entirety of the experience of of this group mm -hmm. of people or is there something else that's not being explored or that you know the publishing people aren't going to publish which is yeah. probably part of it too um it's it's a uh, it's something that it's kind of this weird sort of like it's coming from a that being a really a real experience that that feels like there is this like urge to say hey I went through this and it's fucked up and I like want to yell about it you know. And I just want to fucking yell about it because I'm mad and I'm upset and, and it sucks. And I want everybody else to understand that um, because, because otherwise it feels like I'm very alone in it. Mm. Um, and so I understand that impulse and I have that impulse too. And then there's also, there's a, um, that, but like, I think the ubiquity of that then becomes um, that there's, okay, like a publisher, publishers start to see, oh, there's this like market for this. Mm. And so then it becomes, especially if like one book gets successful and then another book gets successful and they're like in that mode, then it's like, okay, well, that's what sells. And then they're like, you know, printing more stuff like that. And then when and I'm just going to say trans people because that's what I know, but like when trans people read trans books, that's what they see and they go, that's how you write a trans book. Mm. I'm trans. I guess that's the kind of book that I can write. And like, it's like not having models for what else trans literature could be. And it's um, not having, um, uh, especially like, and I think there's, I started, I, w I published my first book before I came out as trans. Mm. Um, and, and I was a writer for years before I came out as trans and was like, like active in the Chicago literature scene and stuff like that. And I think that there is 
something different that I've experienced than people who start writing after they come out as trans where like they come in and like maybe are introduced to the writing world or the small press world through trans literature. And then they, that's sort of like what they've got is like the examples that are in front of them. Um, Whereas like I, my introduction to like small press literature was like reading Blake Butler Mm. and like reading like Shane Jones and, stuff was like my introduction to trans literature and so um i um then and in the chicago scene like like lindsey hunter and like um uh all the featherproof books um like that stuff was was the 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 like world that i i was surrounded by whenever i first started reading um literature and it was a lot of like you know poetry fiction it's all fucking whatever like (laughs) you can write whatever genre you can like you know um write in the form of a, a, a play or you can write in the form of a job application you can write in the form of a you know like 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 form can be anything like it was like very very like like mishmash experimental like let's let's explore let's like go in all these different directions and and from that like i then dug backwards and found you know um donald bartholme and like um you know a bunch of other a bunch of other writers um and but so i i i had this whole world of literature that was not specifically about being trans or anything like that and then um whenever I came out as trans, I think I briefly was like, do I need to like start writing this other kind of writing Mm. because I'm trans now? And it just felt very silly because I didn't know how to do that and I wasn't good at it. Um, And I, it took me a while to figure out how to turn my experiences into something that also was allowing me to use all of these tools that I had developed already. Um, and once I figured out how to do that and see, which was like, I feel like my sort of like, that was me discovering how to do that. Mm. Um, and, um, once I figured out how to do that, it was like, cool. I can take all these things I learned from all these other things I've read and I can use them in a way that also is relevant to my world and my experiences. Um, and I, I know a lot of trans writers have contacted me and been like, I didn't know you could just do this. Mm. I read Sea Witch. I didn't know you could do this. And I'm like, well, I'm not the first person to do it. But um, here's all this other stuff I can point you to, like all these other all these other people who are doing like all these other amazing things. And like, um, I just did my version of it. Um, but it's cool now that like I I have been able to, I guess, just put my stuff out there in a way that people realize now that, you know, people who maybe wouldn't have otherwise realized it, like realize like how much you can do. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. I, I, I guess I can't quite grasp the, the idea of, um, like not feeling like there's something you like a certain way you have to write or a certain way you can write yeah and that's go ahead 
Oh, it's, 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 I think it comes from feeling like there's, especially as a, like, trans person who was assigned male at birth when I was very early in my, um, and my transition and I was feeling very anxious and very much feeling like people were gonna like erase my identity mm. like that people were just gonna like call me a man you know or whatever right so then there was this fear that like oh is my writing masculine in some way mm. do I need to write differently in order to which is bullshit which it's, it's bullshit right. it's paranoia and it's like insecurity is where that's coming from um because there's nothing like, like writing like a man is nonsense. Um, it's writing. <laughs> like everybody writes like all kinds of different things. We're all fucking people. Like, um, and so, but that paranoia I think comes in. And I think there is, yeah, I don't know. There's, there's, you see a lot of, guys writing things where they're writing about their feelings and like their world and they're playing in all of these different forms and doing all kinds of experimental stuff and i think for whatever reason it does it's about reading that and going oh that's me i can do this too mm -hmm. and that identification that just makes you go oh i can do this um and yeah it's it's almost hard to like but yeah there is there is a sense of like whether i can do this and can i think being a tricky word there because it's like am allowed to is one of those things that it can mean and have the ability to yeah is another thing that it can mean and i think the way that gets conflated is like also conflated in your head sure like am allowed to versus I have the ability to like, as in like, I have the skill set too. I have the like juice inside me that can like make it happen. Um, so yeah, I don't know. That's, that's, it's, it's a weird thing. And I think it's like, the thing is, is like everybody's some kind of fucking identity, you know? Yeah. Like everybody's, you know, like, got something like everybody's like poor or ADHD or like whatever, like, you know, like somebody, everybody's got something, you know, that like makes them a minority in some way or in some way marginalized. Like, unless you're like Donald fucking Trump, um, you know, and even sh I'm sure he's got like fucking IBS or something, whatever. Oh, like, no <laughs> you know, it's, I mean, he's old. There we go. Yeah, so, yeah. So you can't any anything's ageism against yeah. him. Sure. And, I mean, looking at it that way makes it an awful lot easier to be compassionate toward people. Yeah. Perhaps. Uh, I, I mentioned earlier the the scribbles, and I saw on on the website you have the. Uh, Oh, where is it? Whoops, I clicked on the wrong button. Um, rough images. Uh, is is that an extension of that, or was that like you were doing that just on the text of the book? That was so. I would say rough images was kind of almost an origin 
of a lot of this. Um, rough images. I started. Um, I think. I think I just started writing Sea Witch not too long before Rough Images started. Okay. Actually, I'm not sure about that. Does it have dates on it? I'm not on my website. Um, it does. Yes, it says 2017 through present. Okay, it's not present anymore. That's old. Mm. I need to fix that. Okay. Um, but um, yeah, I think I think Rough Images was established. I I started doing Rough Images probably around the same time I started laying out. I I was I was doing the layouts of um of the first two Sea Witch books okay. and like scribbling on them and stuff. And so that was like me sort of just extending that kind of like scribble style and like playing with it more on its own outside of the, the context of Sea Witch. But I, yeah, so it was, it was, it was parallel to Sea Witch for sure. Okay. Um, yeah. That is not something I, I've seen before. Um, so I don't know, like the little annotations on the dedication page. It just says gay. <laughs> yeah. I, like, that's a good way to start out because, I mean, you talk about being lighthearted. Um, yeah. And there's there's some things that I've seen, um, like kind of redacting things or um, uh, like in between police and man on stage, man in the sky, there's this sort of like... Um, I guess it's not really, it's sort of, what is it? It's like using the pen tool and then filling it in. Where, hold on, what page are you on? I I've got it in front. I'm on uh, Roman numeral nine. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Early, early. In the book. Um. XIV. Wait, no. IX. IX. Yeah. IX. That's. Oh yeah. Okay. Yes. 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 Um, it's um, that one is a that so that that's the um, the there's a tool that you can use in InDesign that is I think this book uses more uses the InDesign pen tool yeah. more than any book that's ever existed. That's my theory, at least. I think because most people who use graphics in a book use photoshop or something else i think i've used the indesign pen tool more <laughs> than anybody else in exist in history i think that's uh, a safe claim to make yeah which i'm really proud of it's like kind of a weird cool thing to be um but um that one is there's a there's a i think it's some sort of like like version of the pen tool that's like it's more like um like a, a shape, like a like it creates shapes when you scribble, and mm. fills them in. Yeah. But the shapes don't have any outline, so that's that's me scribbling with the create a shape tool. Okay. And then it fills it in, um, and then probably doing another scribble on top of the the um, shape tool. And I don't even remember what word that is under it, but um, good. It was. That's how yeah. it should be. Yeah, that's how it should be. I think. Um, but okay, no, I do remember. Um, so yeah, so some of these, this one, that one is one that was added. Um, that was added at um, just in this edition of the book. So people oh. who have 
the um, volume three of Sea Witch um, would have would I think that would be volume three. No, that's probably volume two. Um, would have um, that that word would be would be uh, filled in, and I think it was Plague Doctor. Mm. Um, and then I had this whole thing about this um, plague, this pain plague um, that is in this uh, section that's written in the form of a play. Um, and I decided that um, the plague doctor thing has been done a lot and I wasn't as excited about it anymore. And I thought it would be more interesting if it was a blob instead of a word. And so I made it a blob instead of a word. Um, and I'm really happy with that decision. <laughs> I think it worked pretty well. I, um, uh, Grant Meyerhofer's gag does stuff like that too, where like partially partial words are redacted and, or entire passages are kind of redacted like that. And I think it was kind of the same thing for him too, where he was just like, yeah, John told me that I could just black stuff out instead of deleting it and keep it on the page. And so I did. Yeah. Uh, it's once, once I started, um, I started the, the, um, it made editing kind of easier because as I'm editing, if there's stuff that I feel weird about, um, I could, instead of rewriting it, I could scribble it out or sometimes even just putting a line through it, mm -hmm. like where it was still readable. It's like all of a sudden I feel better about it. I feel like there's something I feel weird about about this and I'm not, it's not exactly right, but it's like close but it's not exactly right. And so then I just like put a line through it and then all of a sudden it works because it com I'm communicating the not exactly rightness of it on some subtle level just by having that line through it, you know, or whatever. Um, and that was a tool that I, I didn't initially start doing the scribbles and stuff because of that, but it ended up being a way that those expressed themselves as I was going through it because it, it was something I sort of realized I could do. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so let's kind of back up from that. What is like, how does planning out a book like Sea Witch go for you? So Sea Witch had a couple stages. First would be, I would pretty much write um a piece uh on one of like one of the like sections i would like write it usually on my phone and then i would um put it on my patreon um and i would create an image to go with it um and usually not it was with every single piece but i would do it with every like three or four pieces so you'll notice there's like sort of this pattern of like three four five pieces and then there's an image and then there's three four five pieces and then there there's an image and there's like a quote that goes next to mm -hmm. the image um and so that was because that was how it was set up on my patreon there would be an image a quote and then three or four or five pieces um and so that was the structure that i created for the patreon and then when I started laying it out, I wanted to, I was already doing scribbly stuff on top of the images that I was using as the header for the Patreon's um, posts. And so I um, 
then started uh i then started um when i went to lay out the first one i um yeah, I think I just realized I could scribble in 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 InDesign, and mm -hmm. then it was like, well, I've already started this scribble thing. What if I just kept it going? And that was that was how the first the first you know, if you look at the the first couple pages of Sea Witch, um, a lot of those are my original scribbles from the first time I sat down and realized I could do stuff like this. Um, a lot of the pink ones, I think. I didn't have, I wasn't using green yet. I was mostly using pink and black uh, when I first started out. And then I realized, at one point, I realized I could change the colors to colors that weren't on the color palette that was right there. Mm. And then the everything got bigger. Like, like, like then the, the, the color range got wider. So anytime you see any orange or green, that was added later. Okay. <laughs> I love that. I love that that's not like a, oh, I'm super like into InDesign and so I'm using all the tools that I have. I like the exploration in there. Oh yeah. This whole book is me learning like like there's stuff that I'm doing at the end when it gets really wild and stuff like I've got like these big spirals of of, of squares and stuff. Um that I just realized I could do that as I was making volume four. Mm. Because at this point I had played within design enough and I was discovering more and more things that I could do. And it ended up creating a really interesting sort of vibe as you read through it. I read a review recently that I thought was, um, uh, uh, cause I don't know what it's like exactly for somebody else. Cause I created this mm -hmm. and I know like, oh, the 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 visuals get more intense as you go on because i got better at it mm. um <laughs> and i got more ambitious and i started like like it became something where it was sort of addictive and and it was like i wanted to design every i like wanted to like art every page within an inch of its life mm. um uh which is something like i um uh, have you read m kitchell's books uh, yes, I have read um, Hour of the Wolf and Desert of Mute Squares. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so Kitchell's an old friend. Okay. Like I, okay. I, I discovered, um, I discovered small press literature because of Kitchell. Hmm. Like, um, I was living in Chicago, and me and my ex would go see Kitchell read at the like the very first readings that Kitchell ever did um whenever um he was publishing um in some of the literary magazines like artifice and 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 some of the the lit mags that were in town um and yeah uh, i knew him from live journal mm. um and i was like i did not know this literature world existed this is so fucking cool and that was kind of what got me into writing was was um, going and like meeting other um, writer people through him. But but the way he he's always been an influence in the way he designs um, designs his books and designs his zines and like makes everything like everything's got an aesthetic. Everything's got this like visual vibe that like 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 resonates throughout everything. And um, I do not have the immaculate um, sort of sort of 
aesthetic that that he does and I, and I, and, I, and I, it's it's also like that's kind of good because I don't want to just be a, like a clone of of Kitchell um and so it's like I'm the like like scribble Kitchell like I'm just <laughs> like over here just being like I don't know here's a picture of my asshole like uh, <laughs> um here's 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 me scribbling gay in the middle of the page like um and but it's it's like i it was really fun though because it was it yeah he he definitely opened me up to um the possibilities of like how a book could be super visual in a way that wasn't just like making comics or something like that and mm-hmm. both of both me and him are, are are really into the whole indie comic scene too and so like a lot of the like weirder artsier comics that are out there are like huge influences hmm. um too so yeah like what like what oh so uh there's a book called wait wait, wait what's it called um there's a there's a, a an artist called uh, named margot ferrick and her first book is called oh where is it um okay i don't remember off the top of my head it's called like yours yeah i knew it was like one word um but yeah she has a book called yours that is just like it's basically poetry but it is the words are all like drawn Hmm. and like there's no panels like calling it comics is like that's just kind of because that's the world that Margot is in and like is coming from. But um, uh, she is definitely doing some like pretty like wild out there shit. That's like, um, yeah, turning like I, I, that, that book. And and I, I found her on Tumblr and like had some of her zines and stuff before she even finished that book. Um, But yeah, she's, she's fucking amazing and was a huge, huge inspiration. Um, there's another um, comic artist um, named Aiden Koch, um, K-O-C-H, um, and she is also really good. And um, she's done a bunch of, like, cool, weird scenes. We'll do... I've actually got a... Um, you can probably see it. I've got a Aiden Koch poster on my wall behind me oh, okay. that is, like, um, these... It's not the sunset when it's right above it, but it's like, I don't know how you can see it, but it's like got um, panels with like images, some of which have outlines and some of which don't. There's a pair of arms that are sort of floating in the air and one of them is like sort of half erased. And then there's like two pencil word balloons with nothing in them. And then there's some like sketches of other panels with just sort of watercolors in them. And there's not really, and then, and then there's a face that's just floating without a body or a head. And then there's the letter Q just suspended there. Um, and I just, <laughs> I love her stuff so much. I love her really um, sort of like, it's, it feels like this comic like is gained its own intelligence and is trying to communicate you, but with you, but doesn't really understand words or letters or, or how you interpret these elements um you know it's just like it's seen these things yeah and it's like giving them to you but it doesn't know what order is supposed to make sense to you 
And I, I don't know. I, I feel like that kind of stuff is um, really inspiring to me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I uh, work down the street from a comic shop. And so I, I go in there a lot. It's kind of like my self-care routine is like, oh, yeah. man, work today. Guess I got to go buy some comics. But yes. it's... um. I'm kind of at that stage with comics where I was with books like five years ago where I was like, okay, I know of House of Leaves, so I know that it is possible for literature to be more than just words on a page. Yeah. And that's it. That's all I got. Um, yeah. Until I, I read Blake Butler and then everything exploded. He's like the nexus point of indie lit, I think. Yeah, he yeah. is. Yeah. Um, He's... And he he was nice enough to blurb this. He's been so like I I feel like I I knew him through other people, and then I remember I asked him to blurb Sea Witch, and he read it, and he was like, "I've never read a book like this before. This is amazing." And I was like, "That means a lot to me because you've read way more books than I." Have. <laughs> um, and um, and he's just been like awesome and helping me. Like, and he and he just like. Yeah, he he's he's done a lot to like help promote my writing and to like help me like like make things happen with my writing, which has been really fucking cool. Good. Good. I've I've heard from from you and a couple other people how that he's quite good at that. Which is mm-hmm. which is nice. Um I don't know, stern, I guess, maybe. Yeah. Like yeah. I don't know, sardonic. One one yeah. of those he he seems like one of those people that like if I knew him in high school I'd really want to be friends with him and never be able to. That's sort of oh uh, yeah. That's sort of the, he, the thing. I think just the whole like mass presenting yourself it's like to a faceless crowd is like just very different than and it's it's different for different people. I I tend to think that like whenever I'm like posting. I, I see, I try to keep myself in a place where it's like, I feel like I'm talking to friends. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas I think there's some people where it's like, they see like a faceless mass that that is potentially, um, potentially just like, just a, a bunch of like, like people you don't like or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and whereas like, like talking i i feel like blake is is just as a as a person off of the internet is just a total sweetheart and is just super friendly and it's just that the <clears throat> the whole mass online communication thing is is not like it's something that he can play with but i don't think it's 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 how he what he uses to connect with people mm. That's fair. Um, whereas, like a one-on-one conversation is a very different thing. Yeah. Um, and 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 I absolutely get that. Um, I. Yeah, I think I think that it's just the whole fucking game of connections and who knows who and all that shit is like so fucking exhausting. And um, I'm really glad that I live in Olympia, Washington, mm. and not New York, 
Um, because the closer you get to that, I think that the more that becomes your whole fucking life, whether you want it to or not, if you're a writer and you're like trying to make things happen, it's also like, like, you know, living close to that, I think can give you a, an edge, you know, obviously that's why people do it. But, um, in terms of like people like, like being visible and stuff and, um, people knowing who you are and remembering that you exist. Um, whereas living in Olympia, Washington is a really bad move to make for your literature career. Um, but uh, it's a great move to make to be a um, happy person who gets to walk through the woods, which is what I want to do. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> the photos in the book of you in the woods is enough to make me want to move. That's Olympia. That's Olympia. I lived in the, this apartment complex that um, is a um, it's it's like not an expensive apartment complex. It's mostly it's like for stu college students, mm. and it's it's mostly full of like college students and like like pretty broke people. Um, and it is next to Evergreen Woods, which is. I think over a thousand acres of woods with trails. Um, and it's, which is also owned by Evergreen college, which is this little artsy college um, that is also like a state university. So, mm -hmm. or it's like, it's not a university, it's a college, but it's like a state college. So anybody who lives in Washington can get like in-state tuition there. And it's, it's a fairly affordable place, but it's also like definitely hippy dippy, like, you know, water grades sort of place. <laughs> um and um so going out in evergreen woods you just never know when you're going to come across some weird fucking shrine that somebody built mm -hmm. there or like it's like it's like so much woods and then you come across a little thing and like somebody has like set up a little fairy village like next to a tree or like left uh it's there's so much weird shit in that woods and it definitely was really fun like taking some photos out there so a, a lot of this book i wrote when i was in portland so some of it is is portland nature rather than olympia nature but towards hmm. the end um it's a lot more uh olympia is what you're seeing i gotcha yeah that's interesting that you talk about like moving somewhere like that rather than new york um with the idea of like helping your career like or even going back to when you met m kitchell in mm -hmm. chicago and like reading chicago-based zines the idea that writing can be something localized anymore is kind of impossible for me to comprehend like i think about, where do you live i live in grand rapids michigan okay okay uh, yeah yeah so like you know there's bookstores yeah. <laughs> like they exist and grand rapids has a fairly strong um like spoken word slam poetry scene um, oh okay and I've, yeah. I've talked to some of the people who like run open mics and you know they've seen some of my writing and they're like oh yeah come on down and then the pandemic happened and my work schedules mm -hmm. never worked out for like going out at night um but like beyond that like the idea of like oh i should probably start like marketing a book if i ever get a book published like and then yeah. going to readings just yeah. seems like anachronistic to me i i i so living in olympia it is very easy for me to feel that way um 
when I was in Chicago, like Chicago, just like, like there's just reading series is coming out. Like, it's like, there's so many, I ran a reading series for a while in Chicago. Um, and like, it's just like everybody just like starts reading series and then like has everybody they know read at it. And then like, so you can just like sort of do the tour and like read like every reading series as like people like, and even as like a pretty new writer, like um, I was having people ask me to read at reading series um, because it was just like all these people were like, involved with running a reading series or a literary magazine or a press. And it was just like, everybody was like starting something mm. and it just really got the vibe that you could just fucking do that. Um, and um, so, you know, you just, you just, if there's a bar you like hanging out at, you just ask the bartender, be like, Hey, when's the like manager owner? Do you, who, who does events here? And then, you know, they they you find somebody and then you're like hey could i could i once a month um have a bunch of people read and they're usually like yeah sure <laughs> you know and then all, you've got a reading series all of a sudden and it was just like that was such the culture there and there were so many writers and so many people came out to see readings um it was just it was very much um thriving and 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 there's plenty of other cities i've been to where that's the case as well the, the bay area for sure um is a big one um you know there's there's a lot of places and then there's places that have very small scenes but that are that are like they're like very exciting in the way that small scenes can be where it's it's you've got a, a crew of people who are who are um who are all doing cool shit and like running a cool little, little um, magazine or press or reading series or whatever. Um, I've, I've toured a lot and I've done a lot of readings. I was, I was a musician before I was a writer. Mm -hmm. And um, so touring is something that I really love. I'm like dying over here in this fucking pandemic. I want to tour so bad and like, like tour with Sea Witch so bad. Um, but for now, I've got to I've got to wait. Um, but I um, I was really excited to um, yeah. But but yeah. So look, local scenes are are they're I think a big part of like how um, small press literature can like really really thrive, and. <clears throat> Unfortunately, it's it means that when you're not in one of those cities, that it's really easy for, I think, people to forget about you, um, except in the ways that you're online, you know. Um, yeah. And that's something that has been harder since I've lived out here. There's a there's a lit scene in Portland um, for sure when I was living there. Um, and I was involved with that for a little bit. I think I, I went through some hard stuff in my life that made it harder to be involved in that. But um, when I was around the time that I was writing Sea Witch, um, but I, I was involved with that for a little bit. And they've got mostly poetry. I think is what's happening in Portland. Um, there's there's uh, you know Octopus Books is out there, mm -hmm. um, and. Um, or Claudia um, and, and, and some of that stuff. Um, and I was writing more poetry, I think at the time I was there too. I know there's like, yeah, there's like future tense books and 
I don't know. It's not as that that I think the fiction scene in Portland is like not so much my scene. Mm-hmm. Um but um yeah, I don't know. I don't think I, I don't I don't think I've really found a literature scene in person in the the Pacific Northwest that I've really like vibed with the same way that I did when I was in Chicago. Right. Um I miss it. I miss it. But also um that's I'm not gonna like uproot my whole life <laughs> just, no. just for a, no. a lit scene. Oh no, please don't. Uh, oh man. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I watched a long time ago the documentary I Am Secretly an Important Man about the poet Stephen J. Bernstein, who mm-hmm. did a lot of like post beat stuff. Um, and he like would open for like Nirvana back in the day. And Whoa. I like the idea of doing a reading before like a punk show. Because uh, so many of the people who have like been on the show or that I read like could pick an intense five minutes from their book read it intensely and get the crowd warmed up for some garage band or whatever and i've done that yeah Yeah. i I feel like that is like such a uh a potential for extending like the lit scene into these music scenes that already exist yeah I, I I read I read poetry at a house show in Columbus, Ohio, where it was literally like poet, hardcore punk band, poet, hardcore punk band, poet, hardcore punk band. Like that was the bill, like alternating. Oh. Um, and to be honest, I will say like three quarters of the audience left the room when the poets came on um, because that's just you know everybody's gonna smoke a cigarette at some point i guess or whatever i mean that's the um, way it was when i played music is everybody was only there for their friend's band yeah yeah and that's that's fucking punk scenes like that's that's just music scenes um like i said I, i did music for a long time and then um when i when i first toured with doing poetry i was doing um i would go on tour with my poetry zine and my CDs mm-hmm. and I would get up, I would read a poem, I'd play a song, I'd read a poem, I'd play a song and I'd alternate between the two. And it was just like, you know, this is, this is my shit. This is an unpackaged deal. You can, you can, you know, if you're interested in the the writing, you can get the writing. If you're interested in the CD, you can get the CD. Um, and that was, that was probably back in like 2010, um, 2011 when I was doing that. Um, and I definitely was, there was, there was a lot more intermingling, I think with the, the, cause we were booking at reading series where I would be at a reading series and I'd get up with my, my, um, my instrument and I would play and sing at the reading series between my writing. So I was getting to do, um, to put my music in the poetry world and my poetry in the music world, which was pretty fun um, doing a tour like that where I was, I was doing both. And I, I think I did one tour like that where I was touring with poets and I did one tour like that where I was touring with a musician. Hmm. Um, um, So I, I did have some like really big overlap there for a while. Um, And then I think as I got, 
I, my focus sort of moved away from music a lot more and I started um, just like my whole life got absorbed in book world (laughs) (laughs) because that, that was, that was what I was excited about at that point, I think was, I was just way more excited about books. And so, yeah. Um, But uh, it's, it's fun. It's fun um, being able to at least have done that. I want to do more. I think, I think there's a lot of room for that in Olympia because Olympia is such a, um, a music town and a punk rock town. Mm. Um, so yeah, but I don't know. I don't know if I'm the person to do it, but, but I, I, I've got a few connections, but I don't know. It's, it's, uh, I'm getting old. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not a 21 year old kid anymore. No. Well, hey, I was getting old when I was 21, so uh, <laughs> I know that feeling of like, oh man, it would be so great if somebody did this. It would be like, like I have the desire to just like write manifestos, not to actually yeah. start any movements, but just like, oh man, wouldn't it be great if this movement happened? Wouldn't it be great if this was a genre of literary stuff? Wouldn't yeah. it be great if somebody painted like this? I'd, I'd have to learn to paint first, so maybe somebody else can do it. Yeah. Um, I want to... Um... Oh, I forgot what I was going to say. Never mind. Ah, bummer. Uh, I want to circle back to the book. I, I think I, I want to just mention um, the appreciation I had for the kind of religious type stuff that was in the book um Mm -hmm. like i prayed to her and then she prayed back to me um can you just talk about like the the sort of religious spiritual stuff in the book for a little bit yeah yeah absolutely i so it's so my 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 spiritual path i think definitely like like see which was written at a I was going to say in a moment, but uh, and it was written over the course of five years. Um, but but see, which was was written and created um, during a time when I was um, primarily exper- um, in, I guess, like doing witchcraft slash um chaos magic like what there's there's like i feel like a lot of different words for like a kind of occult stuff that i was into at that time um and and i don't really i'm i don't really fuck with a lot of like sort of formalist like uh like i don't know read a spell from a book and do the thing that's in the book or whatever like i'm not into um oh what's his name uh probably yeah, Crowley and that shit. Um, yeah, that's not my scene. Um, but I like. Um, I would basically me and my. Um, uh, well, I, I was I was with partnered with two different people over the course of this book, both of which I'm still like connected to in, in different ways. Um, and um, we would we would go out in the woods or somewhere. And then just like do a fucking ritual that was sort of improvised. And it was sort of something that just like fell. We created it 
collaboratively as we did it. Um, and I was also doing similar sort of things on my own as like a spiritual practice, as a ritual practice um, to like, you know, a lot of times in nature, sometimes at home or whatever. Um, tattooing was a big part of that as well. Um, tattooing, creating sigils and tattooing them on myself, um, tattooing them on others um, was a big part of that. I um, That was how I learned to tattoo, just doing little stick and pokes of like sigils and shit. Um, and so when I'm, when I'm writing that, um, I, I, I was raised like evangelical, like, like pretty intensely evangelical. It was sort of our whole world and like everybody around us. I grew up in Southern Indiana. Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, I think that I, when I left the church, I, I, I like went to a Christian college and shit. Like it was like, I was pretty deep in it. Um, and it, um, but I, I, I left that college after three semesters and, when I, I left that and I left the church and I got really into like radical leftist politics and stuff. And I never quite, I feel like there was never quite a replacement and for that, like that, that role in my life. And I needed something. Um, and I was not, I'm not somebody who ever really could be like an atheist. Like it's not, it's, it just feels depressing to me. Um, I need, I need there to be fucking magic and like in the like to believe in the fucking impossible um it's it's like a huge part of me and, and i and i need ritual and and things like that so so um i discovered i think it started with like i got into it originally because of like some um uh grant morrison shit that i saw online reading the invisibles and getting into the kind of the, his chaos magic shit um and um, then I, but uh, then I just sort of took it in my own direction and sort of like, it became less and less involved with like his version of whatever that is and more just like a creation of our own me and like the people that I was close to. But um, I'm getting a little bit off topic, but uh, I guess, I guess um, when I like use that language, like praying, I'm, I'm intentionally wanting to like open up what the idea of prayer can be. And like to open up um, a lot of these things, but at the same time, like I don't know, I I I've since converted to Judaism, and um, I I actually like go to a synagogue. I like um, and the the ritually stuff. I'm the the movement of Judaism involved in is 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 pretty pretty fucking open, and like I can there's a lot of room to be a witch as a Jew. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> I'll say that there's like, I'm really into like a lot of the mystical shit and Kabbalah. And like, there's so much history. There's a huge tradition of, um, of um, pretty uh, um, fascinating um, practices. Um, but um, I hadn't done that yet when I wrote Sea Witch. So that's like just an, afternoon um but i think i was i i was very excited about writing about gods and god and um i think this sea witches is very much about like witches and gods you know mm -hmm. like those use, words are used a lot and sometimes they don't really it's not clear what is meant by a god like there's a there's a piece in there where um it's i think strawberry witch and somebody else and they're like 
um there's this girl who's drowning and there's there's these people who are all like hey you're witch gods can't you do something and they're like ah we're not that kind of we don't really have like powers <laughs> and and they just like fucking stand there and it's sad and the girl dies you know like and and i think that's that's something that like as i was i was you know used doing these rituals and this like magic stuff and like there's there's a sense of, that you get stuff out of it and at the same time there's a sense of like you know i can't make miracles happen like i can't like do anything about the fucked up shit in the world um and like, so what is this for? What is this solving? What is this? So those were questions I think that I was dealing with a lot. Um, and um, at the same time, there's a fantasy aspect that is compelling to me. And I'm playing with that also. So I don't know. I, hopefully that opens it up for you a little bit more. Yeah, I think so. I think uh, I think that draws me closer to the book, if that makes sense. Cool. Yeah, I'm glad. I like that. Um, it also seems this is like maybe one of the most trivial things I've sort of mentioned in in any mm. uh, conversation on this show. But like, <laughs> um, I feel like, especially knowing how long ago the book was written, kind of like, uh, I feel like this is kind of like the spiritual predecessor to like the Swamp Core and and. Um, like goblin cord subreddit type aesthetics that oh, i'm I, seeing i'm not familiar oh I'm not man familiar. yeah there's um I'm, I'm more familiar with goblin core but it's just like a whole bunch of people who walk around and like pick up cool bottle caps and sweet rocks that they find on the ground and like have them in jars with a bunch of moss and stuff like that um and then take pictures of it and like look what i found on my walk today or they like take pictures yeah. of frogs and we're like i made friends with this frog um, yeah. Yeah. And so as I was reading the book, I was like, I need to figure out a way to like show this book to these people because these people need to read this book. So I'm glad <laughs> that you have no idea what that is because um, it makes it more pure to me. <laughs> yeah. No, that sounds awesome. And that sounds also very much the kind of shit that I was doing where I was just like, like there is, I was doing these, um, I think I have one of them in here maybe, but I was doing these, I was, I'm really into collaging and mm -hmm. have been for a long time. And I got into this idea of like doing collages where I literally just like, um, just take objects and place them on the ground and then take a photo. And yeah. it's like, is it a collage or did I just put a bunch of stuff on it together in an interesting way? Like I would just sort of set stuff on some like wood or carpet or like some interesting like fabric or something. And then I would like take a photo of that arrangement of items together. Just like the juxtaposition of like interesting looking items um, and like doing that as like was something that I was really into for a little bit there. Um, and it's still, I think it's fucking cool. Um, um, yeah. So like combining doing collages with things that are not just paper um uh, is really fun to me um so yeah yeah that sounds awesome and i'm really glad you told me about that good i'm i'm glad we're we're finishing with that i'm glad i didn't open with that i was gonna open with it and i'm glad i didn't i feel like we <laughs> i feel like it would have been a bad opener um we, I, I, go ahead oh do you mind if i i put in something really quick please 
Um, so, so as you're talking about the, the sea witch, so I, I just finished a novella, um, yes. um, and it's called rain bear and it's not, doesn't have a publisher yet or anything. I'm still, still figuring out exactly what that's going to look like, but, um, it's, um, as like, I feel like sea witch talking about my spiritual journey, sea witch is where I was at like right before rain bear. And I feel like rain bear is the like, like discovery of Judaism. And then rain bear is the like super Jewish book. That's like, okay, let's, let's do a lot with playing about what the concept of being God is. Mm. And like, okay, if we're thinking about God, like what's the fuck is God? And like, there's a character who creates stuff in her dreams and is like all of a sudden the God of her dreams, but then she wakes up and she's got a shitty fucking job. Um, and so, um, and, and like, I don't know. Also her regular world is all fucked up and like, she, she loves people for a living and works in a coffee shop and like, is like, there's a, there's a, there's a guy there who also works in the coffee shop and he gets stabbed every day and like people are turning into moths and like, that's also her regular world. Um, but then her dream world is where she can actually control shit and shape shit. Um, and so I'm playing a lot with like godness and stories and Jewish stuff um, in that one. And that was kind of like, I feel like if you read those back to back, you could see my spiritual journey. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to say that since we were talking about that and I was like, ah, oh, this actually like is a way to like talk about what I've been working on more recently. Absolutely. And uh, which goes into what I normally do at the end uh, before the reading bit, I, I open the floor for you to, to plug whatever you want and or add calls to action, uh, quick read a manifesto, uh, any sort of thing like that. So uh, if you have any more, let me know. Oh, yeah. Um, so there's a book that's coming out that I'm really excited about, um, and it's called Daryl. D-A-R-R-Y-L um, by Jackie S. I just finished it. Um, it's nothing at all like Sea Witch. In fact, it's it's just very, very different. Um, but um, it's, uh, it's, it's a book that is like, it's not trans literature and it, it's written by a, a trans woman, um, but it is, it's, uh, it's not trans literature, but it's, kind of trans literature mm. like it it's i i love she's definitely want someone that i think is doing stuff that is um uh breaking down that idea of like what identity literature looks like um and even what identity exactly is i think the character uh the main character in the book is a um a cuckold he's a, he's a 40 something dude um a straight quote unquote <laughs> uh uh white dude who's um who's married to a, a straight quote unquote um uh a woman and they live in eugene oregon and um they get really into this whole cuckolding lifestyle and it's sort of this dude's like journey through after discovering this fetish um and like like you have to i feel like for perspective like this is written by a black trans woman mm. um and um we talk so much about i feel like there's a like such a weird emphasis right now on like own voices mm -hmm. you know yeah 
And I am really interested in seeing people who like come from like more like oppressed like identity categories write some white dudes because I, I, it's so interesting to me. It's so interesting to me. Um, and also like this guy is somebody that like as of the end of the book, which I have finished, I am still like, eh, I don't know. I'm not sold on the fact that that's a dude. <laughs> like, I, I think he's got more stuff to figure out, you know, like, <laughs> um, and, and I think that it's, it's, uh, and, and, which of course there's, there's a character in the book who's a trans woman who's sitting there going, I think you're trans, like the whole book. Um, and he's like, stop, you're just trans and you see everything as being trans. Like, don't, you, you're, you're, you're queer and trans and you see that as being the solution to everything. And it's, let me solve my own shit, you know? Um, anyway, it's a really good book. It's a really good read and you can like blaze through it like that. It's it's one of those, like, it feels like a movie. Like you'd sit there eating popcorn during it. Um, uh, it yeah, and it's out, gonna be out in, I think March or May, one of those M months. Um, uh, from Clash Books. Oh. So that's my recommendation. Jackie fucking rules. She's a friend. Um, yeah. And if you want to pair it with something, there's a book coming out in January called Detransition Baby um, by Tori Peters uh, that's also dealing with some interesting, like, trans question mark shit. This is um, the suction from my novella, um, which is in its um, very final draft phases and is going to be sent out to publishers soon. Um, so look forward for that in the next uh, year or two, I guess. Um, uh, this section is called The Weird Old King, and it starts with a quote from the Talmud. 903 types of death were created in the world. The most difficult of these of all these types of death is croup, while the easiest is the kiss of death. Croup is like a thorn entangled in a wool fleece, which when pulled out backwards tears the wool. The kiss of death is like drawing a hair from milk. One should pray that he does not die a painful death. Babylonian Talmud, Berachot, 8a13. Introduction, the weird old king. Once there was a weird old king who tried to bury his own kingdom in the earth. He talked to all his advisors and commanders and overseers and saw to it that the royal army and all of the forced laborers were to dig holes in the earth the size of everything in the kingdom. Horse-shaped holes would contain the horses and banks-shaped holes would contain the banks. And like this, slowly the whole kingdom existed in holes sunk into the earth. Of course, animals that live in holes cannot get out to feed themselves, and so many of them died. Plants and crops that are in holes cannot get sun and cannot grow, so many of them died. The king had his men close up all the holes over the top. In this way, the whole village was buried. Things that were alive were buried alive. The king had his closest advisor, a prophet named Acher, bury him, the weird old king, last. 
Acher told the king, as he had from the very beginning of the king's weird obsession, that this was a bad idea. But the king commanded him, and so Acher buried the king alive. With this, Acher was alone. The whole kingdom no longer existed. And so Acher made the decision to go out and see the world. Acher was a prophet of a sun god named Rapha. Rapha had no temple in the land, not even a buried temple. And so Acher made the decision to go and seek out other acolytes of Rapha in order to better dedicate himself to his chosen deity. He roamed the countryside in the sunlight and slept in the moonlight until one day he came upon a big city, much bigger than the city he had just buried. Surely he thought there would be a temple to Rapha here. As he searched the city, he began noticing something that made him concerned. He came to a well where a woman was working. Excuse me, can I ask you a question? He asked her. Absolutely, she replied. He realized when she turned to him that her eyes were made of oak. She seemed to be able to see just fine. Is there a temple to Rafa in the city? The woman belched and a bird climbed out of her mouth. Excuse me, the bird said. No problem, replied the woman and turned her back to work at the well. Acher went away, went to walk away, and in his confusion, he stepped into a second well. A bird flew down to him, said, excuse me, and stepped into his open mouth. Acher mumbled a prayer to Rafa for comfort. Part two, Acher meets Shimon and they fuck. At the bottom of the well, Acher found a tunnel. He crawled through it, his shirt getting muddy and sticking to his skin. At the end of the tunnel, there was a piece of wood blocking the way, and so Acher slowly dug it out, using his fingers to scratch away at the mud. Behind the wood, there was a series of iron bars, which he dug out as well, one by one. Behind the iron bars were a set of bones placed gently in a pocket of the earth, arranged just so. Behind the bones, there was a hole with a face looking at him. The face was scarred and grizzled. It had coffee and tobacco breath. The face was attached to a body, and together the face and body were called Shimon. Shimon was taller than Acher and didn't say a word as he brought him through a series of tunnels and into a heated room with a fire and what must have been a chimney tunneled up to the surface. There were rugs there covering the dirt floor and an overstuffed chair. Shimon stripped off Acher's muddy clothes and washed him in a basin. Acher touched the man's hair as Shimon slid his rough hands along Acher's legs. Acher kissed Shimon's coffee and tobacco mouth, and in that kiss, Acher felt the stresses of his journey so far flow out of him. Shimon picked him up and dried off his body with a soft chamois and carried him into the overstuffed chair by the fire where he sat down with Acher in his lap. Shimon wet his hand and slid it finger by finger, slowly, gently inside Acher's asshole. Acher felt him grip something that had been lodged there and pull. It took some effort and it felt like it was attached to Acher's skeleton when Shimon pulled on it, but it did not hurt. Then, with a satisfying pop, it loosened. It was like a plug had been pulled. Acher moaned, and a slippery blue dog came out of him into Shimon's hairy arms. That was the last image Acher saw before he passed out. When Acher woke up, he was in a field of flowers with brown petals and black centers. Their stems and leaves were white. The sky was magenta, and there were 16 green suns rotating in the sky above. He was wearing silk pants with an elastic waist. 
They had one red leg and one yellow leg. The cuffs were blue. He found a note taped to his naked chest. He assumed it was from Shimon. Inside it said this, Dear Shibboleth, I traveled to the ocean and it was so beautiful that I needed to get rid of it. Nothing should be like that. Life has too much suffering for such beauty to exist. The contrast is too fucking much. I pulled out my Google Pixel 4 and called the damn cops. They came and tried to arrest the beach, but their handcuffs just went through the sand. The water just slipped right out. They got angry and tried to beat up the waves, but the waves just splashed and played and beat back at them. This made the cops madder than ever. They told their boss, who told her boss, who told his boss, who told his boss, who told God. And so God got rid of the beach. Then the cops arrested me and put me in jail. My cellmate was a bobcat kitten who missed his mom and tore my flesh every night with his claws. 50,000 people tried to kill me by projecting their evil thoughts. There was no beauty to be found anywhere. That's more like it, I said. That's more like it. Love you forever, fire and hail, snow and smoke. Acher stood up from the field and headed on to the next town. 